you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 40 and 41. John 1, John 1, verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. Melanie, would you lead us in prayer? Amen. In life's orchestra, it is hard to play second fiddle. It's very frustrating to sit on the sideline and to watch your brother or your best friend play the part of the position of quarterback while you can play it also, but you're second string. It hurts when you're passed over for a promotion that you thought that you would receive. It's hard to handle when things don't go like you would hope they would. Sometimes it brings about bitterness. Sometimes it brings about resentment. I've heard stories before where people say, hey, I've worked here so many years, they hired somebody and paid them more than they paid me and I've been here for a long time. It hurts. We have to admit. When we think about Andrew, I think about John. Now, he was a big, mighty waterfall where Andrew was just a slow, calm, moving river. I think about Peter as a tornado. And I think about Andrew as just a, a gentle breeze blowing in off the ocean. So I think about Andrew, the man who played second fiddle. And the things we want to look at tonight, I mean, hopefully you'll see yourself in some of this uh, because many times, many of you do things that go unnoticed, okay? You never get a thank you, you never get a pat on the back, you never get a, a handshake. But listen to what the attitude that um, Andrew has. When we think about him, he's one of God's Beautiful, salt-of-the-earth people. First of all, it, he was such a humble man. First Peter 5, 6 tells us, If we humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt us in due time. He will lift us up in due time. In due time, we will receive our reward. God puts great stock in humility. Great stock. The heroes of the Bible bear this out, just to name a few. Abraham, just a shepherd man. Joshua, a great warrior. Moses, a leader. David, a king. Isaiah, a prince. Amos, a farmer. All of these guys represent uh, humility. Andrew, Andrew ranks as high as these guys. But very seldom is he mentioned, very seldom is he noticed. Listen to this. The way that Andrew was always identified was, could have been, felt like an insult. He was called Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Okay? You think many times about uh, our children 
If you have more than one, you know, whoever the first one is, um, okay, and then the second one comes, they always feel left out. But what if you're the third, what if, what if you have three and you're the middle child? You know, hey, this is so-and-so. You, you remember his brother, or this is so-and-so. You remember their sister? Well, this is Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. His identity was all wrapped up in one person, Simon Peter. Andrew grew up with three great companions, though. We named them, and the, the scripture said it was Peter, James, and John. They were a quartet. They were a brotherhood. They were friends. They were family. And so we see them uh, as a quartet. They were so close that they became partners in a great fishing business. And as Jesus walked the, 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 the seashore there and, and caught, began to call them one at a time, Andrew was among those who was called by God. And after they met, all things changed. Our Lord saw a need. When he looked at these men, he saw a need for an inner circle of disciples. And we know that inner circle again Hey, they went to the mountains with him. They went uh, up where uh, God uh, sent down Moses and Elijah to be with Jesus. Peter, James, and John. Well, where was Andrew? Peter, James, and John. They went to raise a little girl from the dead. The trio went. Where was Andrew? When he went into the dark, Garden of Gethsemane, Peter, James, and John. Where was Andrew? The quartet, minus one. The brotherhood, minus one. The friendship, minus one. The family, minus one. On the other hand, listen. He was the first man in the Bible, listen now, to follow Jesus. When you look at the calling of the disciples, he called Andrew first. But nowhere in Scripture will you find that Andrew ever threw it up to Peter, James, and John. Don't forget, boys, he called me first. But he knew it. God knew it. But he never threw it up to these, these other uh, the boys that he was called first. He was the first member of the first Christian church. Andrew. He was the first convert. He was also the first soul winner because the Bible says that he went and got his brother and says, hey, we have found Jesus. Um, what about accepting yourself? Can you, do I, will you accept yourself even though maybe you're not in the spotlight? You know, I, can, I can go way back into uh, the church where I was saved at. I never was ever asked to take up an offering. But it was always my buddies who was taking up the offering. It wasn't me. You're not wondering, why can't I take up the offering? Maybe you're not tall enough. <laughs> you know, I remember when Caleb came along and started playing sports, and he wanted to play every sport he could get his feet and hands in, and I believe it was at uh, Oak, uh, Oakway, he went out for basketball. 
He was fast. Now, I'm telling you, you give him the ball, he's gone. About the second tryouts, the coach told him, he said, uh, you know, the best thing to do is probably quit because you're too short. He quit. He was too short. But he let him try out twice. But he was too short. I don't know how tall Andrew was. Makes no difference about his statue, how tall he was. But he had the Lord Jesus. Um, you know, height doesn't matter if you have the Lord in, in, your, in your life. Wealth doesn't matter if you have the Lord in your life. Being poor doesn't matter if you have the Lord in your life. So finally, Andrew, he just accepted himself. You know, I, I think about that. God made me. He saved me. He gave me a name. He gave me a calling. And so, hey, that's the way it is. When I think of, when I think of that, I think of tools. You know, I think of like a, uh, a drill can't be a skill saw. I mean, you hand a man a, a drill and say, hey, go cut this board off. <laughs> well, he'll drill it slap full of holes and it won't be straight when he gets done. I think of a screwdriver. You know, whether it be a flatbed or a Phillips or whatever, you, you, it's hard to drive a nail with a screwdriver. You take a tape measure versus a, a folding six-foot rule. Hey, I love my folding rule, but it can't do what a tape measure can do. But they both got numbers on them. They both measure and sometimes we try to compare ourselves with other people. Listen, the best person to compare yourself with is the Lord. No reason for me to compare myself with no other pastor in the association or anywhere in the world. Because I am who I am, the way I am. And only God can change me or will change me, okay? We must accept the fact that God put us where we are and he fixed it like he wanted us to look. And so we think about this. He accepted his service. Andrew not only accepted his character and, and accepted his self, but he accepted his service. You know, our place, our place in the kingdom of God is not determined by how spiritual we are. Our place in the kingdom of God depends on our availability to God, okay? How available are we to God? Well, Andrew being the first call, the first convert in the church, and, and the first really missionary, hey, what was his position? He was called by God. That's all that anybody needed to know. And you know, I feel sorry, and, and I'm sure they are some. I feel sorry for a preacher who is trying to preach or teach or, or lead a church when he's never been called by God. You know, that's a sad place to be in. Well, you know, I, I could share the story with you and, and not say any more about Andrew, but I'm not going to tell you about myself, okay? I want to tell you about Andrew, and maybe we could see ourselves uh, in Andrew. He was busy. He, he was not only humble, but the man was busy in the best work that he could be involved in, and that's the Lord's work. Okay? It makes no difference what walk of life that we are or what kind of a job we hold down. It's our walk with Christ that's going to matter. Okay? Our walk with Christ. Are we walking where he wants us to walk? 
even on our job, are we walking where he wants us to walk? Uh, not to embarrass John over here, but I, his care card today, he had purchased, I believe it was 21 um, Jesus coins and gave them out at work. Okay? No telling where those coins will go. No telling what those coins will do. But you've got to start somewhere. You know, hey, what can I do? I mean, it's like, hey, God has called me, Andrew said, and I'm just going to be busy in the work that he's called me to do. In Ephesians, it said he called some pastor, some teacher, some preacher, some evangelist, and this is what he called them for, for the perfecting of the saints, for keeping us in line. For the ministry, it says edifying the body of Christ, which is the church. And that's all Andrew wanted to do, is to build up the church the way God wanted him to, and even though he, he was singled out many times or left out many times, his job, his obligation, his opportunity was to serve the Lord. The Bible gives us only three incidences uh, in his life, but all three, uh, he's doing the same thing. No matter where you read about Andrew, he's bringing somebody to Jesus. Wherever you find his life. In, in, in John chapter 1, he brings a little boy with a picnic lunch to Jesus. Hey, you got a little guy here, he's got a little lunch, but uh, he, you know, all he's got is these uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. Now, what qualities did he possess that enabled him to do and perform and be such an effective witness? What were they? First of all, he, he, he possesses a life that enabled him to witness to no matter who. No matter who. Listen. I don't care who the lost person is, they need a witness from a Christian. Whether they're rich, poor, or in between, they need a witness from a Christian. And they might say, hey, I'm not interested in that, I don't need that, okay. But Andrew, wherever he was, he just let his light shine, okay? Some of us are big lights, some of us are little lights, some of us are medium lights, but nevertheless, we should let our light shine. The first place if we find Andrew witnessing was in his own home. Now, this is tough, guys. Uh, you, you probably got lost people in your family, like all of us. It is hard to witness to our family. You know why it's hard? Because the devil makes it hard. The devil said, they're not going to listen to you. They know what you were. They, listen, they, they look at you, and you know, you, 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 just, uh, you know what you used to be. So therefore, it makes it hard for us to witness to family members. And you ought to, if you're in here tonight and a family member won you over to Jesus, you ought to thank God for that. Because that is probably the toughest crowd to witness to, and that's your family. Your daddy, your, your mama, your, your grandmother, your granddaddy, your youngins. It's tough, it's hard, and the devil, he sees to it uh, that he, it, it is made hard. Well, he, he possessed a life that, that uh, allowed Jesus to shine in his witness, but he also possesses faith in the power of Jesus. You see, in John 6, 8 through 12, that's the story of the little lad's lunch with the, five, with the two fish and the five loaves. You see, Andrew probably knew what Jesus would do because he'd seen him perform miracles. So he wasn't discounting his Lord. He said, hey, we only got this, but what is that? Can't you imagine 
here's, here's Peter, James, and John. Well, what is Andrew up to? Don't he have enough sense to know that, that two fish and five loaves is not going to cut it? And Jesus said, tell the folks to sit down. Just have them sit down. And then Jesus did something that everybody ought to do before you eat. He asked the blessing. He just simply asked God to take this and turn it into something greater. And that's what he did. Andrew didn't hesitate to tell his rough cussing brother, hey, we found the Lord, man, and if anybody needs him, you do. You come and you follow me, I'm going to show you him, and he will change you over. Yeah, I know, you got chose first. Yeah, yeah, they might have been arguing back and forth. But he didn't hesitate to bring his brother. He didn't hesitate to take the little lunch and bring it to Jesus. Um, you know, Andrew was, uh, on the human side, he was weak. But he knew Jesus was strong. On the human side, sometimes he may have felt, hey, I can't do this. But he knew Jesus could. Um, Jesus, he understood and, and learned through the scripture, hey, he can do anything. And, and the third thing about him, he, he possessed love for all people. All people. Again, in John 6, 8 and 9, there were thousands of people there. But he was concerned that somebody get something to eat. And with Andrew, as everywhere he went, everybody was the same to him. They needed the Lord. And since he had become to know the Lord, he wanted everybody else to know the Lord also. And when we think about him, these kind of people, and we have them, they are salt of the earth people. They're not interested in building themselves up. They want to build up the Lord and they want to see the family of God grow. Every one of us have an opportunity this week. Hey, to give a coin away, buy someone a meal, take somebody to the doctor, go visit somebody, call somebody, send a card to somebody, and let them know. And I thought about Andrew in closing. I want you to listen. Andrew knew that he had been called by Jesus. You know, that's important. To know we've been called by Jesus. To do what? To do whatever he asked us to do. Andrew also knew that he had a cause, and that was to follow Jesus. When Jesus said, Andrew, come and follow me. He went. He was the first. Andrew was convicted to go. You see, the drawing power of Jesus is like none other. None other. If you, if you hear and feel a sense, an urge, a need to do something good, you mark it down, it's not from the devil. It's, it's from the Lord Jesus. And he would convict us, hey, this is what you need to do. Now, doesn't say anything about Andrew getting another opinion. Hey, should I follow this man or not? Mm -mm. He didn't get another opinion. He went. And not only did he go, but he led others to go because he'd been called by Jesus. He knew, he recognized his cause, and he was convicted about it. Now, the conclusion of Andrew's life is this. 
He was martyred for the cause of Jesus. Killed. And I think about Andrew as we remember him. And I, I just ask myself the question, as I ask you, how will you, how will I be remembered when this life is over? How will we be remembered? It, it makes no difference what we do, but what we do for Jesus is the only thing that's going to count as a Christian. We do a lot of things. You do a lot of things, good things. But are we doing it for ourselves, or we do it for the Lord? Andrew wanted it done for the Lord. And everything he did, he did it for God. Every time he saw people, he thought, hey, they need Jesus. And we should be no different when we see people. I tell folk, hey, at the gas pump, hey, offer a coin. In the grocery store, offer a coin. Walmart, offer a coin. Invest. If you don't invest, can't expect anything. We want to reap, we got to sow, right? And the Bible says that we are to sow the Word of God. It's not up to us to see what comes out of it. God will take care of it if we sow it. And Andrew's bottom line deal, he wanted to sow the Word of God. He wanted to expose his Lord to everybody that he come in contact with. How will you? How will I be remembered? Father, thank you for this man called Andrew. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his example. That many times we see in the scripture, he was completely left out as far as name calling. But he didn't let it stop him from doing what you asked him to do. Lord, help us to realize that um, our rewards may not be here. But you said we receive them. They're coming. Just help us to be faithful to you. Help us to know if, if we're saved, we've been called. And we have a cause. And we need to be convicted of that cause and to do what you'd ask us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.